obey the rector. There we go. All righty then. There we go. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer. Amen. So I was having a wonderful dream the other night. I'm, I'm, I'm coming in from Midland. I'm staying at my dad's house. And just like in today's gospel, I, I honestly believe that God tries to speak through us, through our dreams or through prophetic visions. And so the angels and everything comes out and, and I'm just praying and, and I want to hear the Lord speak to me. And God comes in his infinite wisdom. And the voice that spoke to me says, Daddy, I want some cereal. <laughs> ah, Marissa at three in the morning, four in the morning. Anyway, in today's passage, my brothers and sisters, we see Joseph caught up in a wonderful and mysterious dance with God. And God revealed his protective guidance in his dreams, in the dreams of Joseph, through angels and in visions. Of course, he didn't say, Daddy, I want some cereal. But Joseph still, however, had to discern the meaning of God's help and had to choose to obey his direction. He could have said no. And there are several times where God sends his angels with a prophetic voice to speak to him. And so often, think about that. In our Christian walk, we want those things spelled out just like in the Bible, right? But not really, right? We have to listen sometimes, and we're called to do those things and say, Yes, Lord, even when we don't want to. And we forget that St. Joseph and St. Mary the beginning, the procreator of the Holy Family, we, we're, we're living in a mystery that was too big to wrap their minds around. Um, the other night, well, not the other night, about two weeks ago, we had um, the, our last Mass at All Saints in Midland. And my youngest daughter, she's uh, 11, 11, 12. And I, I said, stand up, please. And she did. And I said, I want everybody in the congregation to look at her. I said, because this is about the age, the, the Virgin Mary said, yes. This is about the age without her even thinking about what was or could happen or was about to happen or unfold in the biblical story. So, and at times it's frightening, and at other times it's just bewildering this story of Jesus' coming in the first round. Human guidance, the advice, and the training that they received to prepare them for what lay ahead of them are remarkably similar to our own, that is, of the Holy Family, little or none. So this situation, of course, makes Joseph and Mary rely more on God every day for his direction and protection. And interestingly, right, the initial births of divine revelation, St. Joseph and St. Mary appear to have been faced with the same kind of child-raising issues that most of us face. Now raise your hand here if you're a parent, if you raised a child or an adopted parent, or you've adopted somebody else into your family as a child. Think about that. The Holy Family raised Jesus... With all the same quirks, the terrible twos or the terrible all the way teens into adulthood, right? But only with one exception. The Son of God, Word incarnate. Right? That's a big and hefty responsibility. Think about that. If God sent you his only son, and you're aware of that. And, and this kid, this, this little boy born, could inspire so many millions around the world to change their lives. And to orient himself in. That must have been amazing and quite, quite honestly frightening as a parent at the same time. 
you know. They were raising God's Messiah. They had to rely on God to lead them through this mystery. And so must we. In today's gospel, we read in the second Sunday after Christmas, it tells the story of the flight of the Holy Family to Egypt to avoid the murderous King Herod. Just a couple of days ago, we had the feast of the, or the celebration of the Holy Innocents. And so many times, and I don't care what custom of the church you come from, we celebrate that, 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 that day of martyrdom as like it was, we were talking about this before church, so let me say about uh, the, the people murmured. But think about that. Herod sent, you know, and it was backed by, by Satan, sent the soldiers in to kill the firstborn of every family. And I don't know about you, but if you know anything about first century Israelites, I don't think the men just sat back and murmured. I think the men went into warrior mode and tried to defend their, their families. So you think about that imagery. Think about all of that is going through Mary and Joseph's heads as they leave Israelite, guided by the angel's prophetic vision. The incidental celebration of this day is centered on the sturdy donkey, or who carried the Blessed Virgin Mary and her baby into Egypt along with Joseph and brought them safely home after Herod's death. So let's take a little bit, um, just to pause. I know this scripture is very short, but it's very, it can be very meaningful for today. And it's, you, can be fi- you can find it on page 107 of your BCP or in your Bibles, Matthew 2, verse 19 through 23. It says, But when Herod was dead, in verse 19, we remember that Herod the Great died in about 4 B.C., um, Jesus' birth had to take place about two or three years earlier, so perhaps maybe 7 or 6 B.C. And then in verse 19, it says uh, on the latter end, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So this is the third appearance of the angel um, to Joseph in a dream. Right? And there's going to be a, one more time in a bit. He said, Those who sought the young child's life are dead. So the plurality of, these, of, of this suggests that there's the complicity of the chief priests, scribes, and perhaps even all of Jerusalem. This expression points forward to the passion story and the enemies of Jesus, of Jesus there. So the angel who was silent for some period of time puts God's plan back into motion. As noted above, the angels echo, or words echo, the call, God's call to Moses of an exodus out of Israel. Right? It's kind of mirroring that kind of imagery. But think about all that. Just put that to the side. Let's chunk that. You have a young girl who could be stoned to death, who could be taking her honor away from her family. You have an older man who's thinking about, I don't, I don't, I don't really know about that. I have to discern this call because my honor is at stake of my family. I don't know uh, why God has called me to do this. I don't know how to trust, but I'm going to try and trust. And even in the midst of all that danger of the worldly influence, they said, yes, yes, Lord, we'll do this. In the verse 21, he says, He arose, Joseph, and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of uh, Israel. And again, Joseph right here, he obeys completely without complaint or comment. It's kind of funny. And I, and I was thinking about this last night. Was Joseph was a silent father. We don't have any words per se written out from him. But think about God the Father, the silent father. You know, we want God to say, direct me, point my life, come out in, in the uh, brimming firestone and just say, this is how it's going to be. It doesn't happen like that. Um, 
A couple of weeks back, my kids and I went to Monaghan Sands uh, out in um, Odessa, that area, and you can just hear wind. That's all you can hear. You can't see anything. And you know God's presence is there, but you don't hear the words. And that's discerning God's call, right? And Joseph had to do that. Um, in verses 22 and 23, let's take a look at that. It says, But when he had heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in the place of his father, Herod was afraid to go there. So when Herod the Great died, his kingdom was divided amongst his sons, right? You had Archelaus was a tetrarch, which is kind of a lesser title of a king uh, of Judea. But his extreme violence causes so many problems that the Romans probably are going to depose him in about 6 AD. And after that, Judea, as we all know, is going to be ruled by a Roman procurator uh, for the reign of Herod, um, except for the reign of Herod Agrippa I. Uh, and that's about from 41 to 44 AD. So Joseph knows Archelaus' reputation and he's afraid. So in verse 22, he says, being warned in a dream, once again, God's prophetic vision to provide, he withdrew Joseph into the region of Galilee. For the fourth time, Joseph receives his guidance in a dream and he obeys again. Could he have said no? Sure he could have. It's not for me. But he says yes in his action. Herod Antipas at the reigns in Galilee and Antipas, as we know, is Archelaus' brother, but he's considered more, the more enlightened ruler, but no, although he too is known for unethical and unethical behavior and, and violence. Okay? So these are not good men, right? In verse 23, he says, And it came and, and came and lived in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. So Joseph and, and the Holy Family, they settle Nazareth, Matthew um, attributes this fulfillment of the prophecy that he'll be called a Nazarene, right? There's a problem here because the word Nazareos does not appear anywhere in the Old Testament. Um, and think about it. We never hear Jesus being called Jesus of Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem, but you know, Jesus the, the Bethlehemian. No, we hear Jesus the Nazarene, pointing back to the Old Testament and the city of David, right? And the Davidic line. But there's a couple things, right? Nazareos could be a play, a play of words, it could also be a person that's a Nazarite, somebody set holy, somebody who's sanctified. Um, and, and scholars will go here and there. And me, I'm not a theologian. But thinking about the entire story of today as we hear, right? It doesn't change for all time. It's the same. And God asks in, through the Gospels, will you do, will you obey? Will you say yes even if that means to have martyrdom or have your life taken away. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, right? It's an auspicious birthplace. But he grows up in Nazareth, and it was known as Jesus of Nazareth rather than Jesus of Bethlehem. Just return back to that point. He shall be called the Nazarene, may mean at least he shall be considered a nobody. It is the great, God's, it's, it's the great way of God to work exactly with nobodies in order, in Paul's words, right, to bring the not, the somebodies. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So what's the application of today's gospel and all the gospels that we've known well unto us? Well, Christmas tide ends with the 12th day. Uh, next 
uh, next Tuesday, or I believe, right, for Epiphany Tide, which usually lasts about January 30th of the year. And then it seems Christmas comes and goes, but then one thing to remember is that among family visiting, you know, even with things kind of going back to normal, making preparations for the holidays, we as Christians, and more so Anglicans, right, are called to make room at our spiritual inn. Um, I don't think y'all got to do it this year, Las Posadas, right? But the inning, asking for, is there room? I remember the kids used to say, is there room here for Jesus? And I think Carter used to say, no, there's not, <laughs> right? But Jesus comes with the Holy Family asking, is there room for me in your heart? And yes, we're not perfect. Yes, we have our sins that we commit. Yes, we have our failings. But God says, in my grace, you are redeemed. So we have to be on guard and be vigilant for anything that our Lord may ask us, as he did to Joseph through an angel. It's a time, this time is Christmas tide. It's a time to open our hearts. Remember that while the gift that received the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, from the onset comes with a price, one that's paid for us on the cross and the blood of the martyrs of our faith. And I know that Septuagint Jessamus coming up and Lent, and that's the second coming. Excuse me. But those things help us keep the fast, keep the great feast. I'm sorry. These things that help us remind us that Jesus will come again, that Jesus is making us part of his family through his faith in him, through our faith in him and in your lives and in your hearts. So when it comes time for the preparedness of the second coming during Lent and who knows when he will come again, May we reap the blessings of the Almighty that come from Jesus giving himself on the cross and being thankful that, like his parents, right, Mary and Joseph even said yes in the face of all danger. Amen? Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.